Why do bad things happen? Why do natural disasters occur? Does God let bad things happen to us? These are the questions we're answering today. Welcome to the New Community Church Podcast. We're starting a new series all about answering tough questions. Questions about life, about God, marriage, sexuality, mental health. Each one of us has questions that we just don't know how to answer. And a lot of us don't have a place that we can ask those questions. Well, we're not shying away from those questions today. We're leaning in and we're looking at what God's Word has to say about these things over the next few weeks. Kicking off our new series, Asking for a Friend, here's Pastor Aaron. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great start to your Sunday morning. And if this is your first time here at New Community Church, we want to welcome you. Or maybe you're back from Easter last week and you're joining us again. We just want you to know we are excited that you're here. And if I haven't had a chance to personally meet you yet, my name is Aaron and I'm the lead pastor here at New Community Church in Mesquite, Texas. And we're a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And we're so glad that you're with us. We're kicking off a brand new series this morning called Asking for a Friend. I don't know if you've ever had a question that you were too embarrassed to ask. Hey, doctor, this isn't for me, but this happened to someone else. Or maybe it was a teacher in college or a professor um, or someone in high school that you knew. Hey, I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for a friend. Well, that's what we're doing in this series. You know, as kids, we're great at asking questions, right? Why is the sky blue? Why do I have to go to bed at eight? Where did the dinosaurs go? We're full of all of these questions. And yet, as we get older, as we become teenagers and even as adults, we stop asking so many questions. Maybe we get to the point where we feel like, well, we should know the answer, right? We've lived this long. We should already have it figured out. Or maybe we've just asked enough questions and we think we know enough right now. But there are some big questions facing the world and the culture around us. And we need to be asking the right questions and getting the right answers. And that's what this series is about. In case you're too embarrassed to ask some of these questions, we're gonna ask them for you. And then we're gonna look at God's word. We're gonna open up the scripture together and we're gonna really tackle some of these tough topics that are facing the world and facing us as a society right now. We wanna dig down and dive into these. And as we look all throughout this series, you're gonna hear something over and over again. And it's as we walk through this series together that it is God's word, not our feelings, not our opinions, that are the foundation to our life. God's word, not our feelings, not our opinions, are the foundation to our life. So as we look at some of these tough questions, we're not gonna look at, well, what does someone feel about them? Or what are our opinions? Or what does the majority of people say? We wanna go back to the scripture because we say this here at New Community Church, scripture shapes our lives. And so we're gonna dig down into God. What do you have to say about these tough questions? What does your word say? And then how do we align our life with what it is that you're speaking to us? You know, the beauty of the Christian faith is that we can do this. There are some other world religions and some other worldviews that ask you not to bring your questions. Well, this is just the way it is. Their holy scriptures say this, and so we can't really question it. We can't really doubt it. But we believe this, that the God of the Bible, he's big enough for our questions. He's big enough for our doubts. 
He's not scared by the questions that we have. God, I look at this and I don't know how to piece it together and I don't know how to make sense of it all, God. And how do you deal with these kinds of big questions we're facing? Well, scripture says that we can bring those questions to God. And we even see Jesus' closest friends, they had doubts in moments. And Jesus had this beautiful way of bringing them into the truth of the kingdom, bringing them into the truth of God's word. And I know he's gonna help us as we navigate through this. And so this is the heart, asking for a friend. We're gonna look at some difficult questions and go into scripture. And we know this, that God's word, it's not our feelings, it's not our opinions, it's God's word that is the foundation for our life. And so the first difficult question that we're gonna tackle is, why do bad things happen? Now, let me just say this. Our teaching team got together before any of the COVID-19 stuff had broken out, before um, any of the shelter at home orders had been placed. And we kind of lined out these topics and lined out the series. And I knew this was one of the first ones that we wanted to tackle. I did not know how timely it was gonna be and how pertinent to kind of where we are at right now. Why do bad things happen? And so if you're taking notes, and I wanna encourage you to do that every single week through this series, because I think there's gonna be some quotes and some scriptures that you're gonna to wanna to go back and reflect on and really think, how do I approach this? And so why do bad things happen? Well, as we look at that, I wanna start by just making sure that we've defined the question. Sometimes we look at these big topics and these big questions um, of faith, of how we live our lives, of, of how our life is designed, all of these things. And we kind of have this general question, but we don't even really know what we mean. And I think it's important we define what the question is, because depending on the perspective or the aspect of the question we're looking at, it's going to change the answer. This week I was scrolling through my Instagram feed and I saw this meme and it was kind of broken up into three sections. And the first was there was a younger kid crying and his friend said, what's wrong? And then I swiped over it and he said, I keep asking adults about the birds and the bees and they keep just talking to me about sex. And you swipe over one more and he's like, I just wanna know how birds and bees fly. How do they stay in the air? How do they fly? And I laughed at that because that's so true. He was asking a question, but people kept giving him the wrong answer because they didn't really kind of zone in on what it was that he was asking. So when we pose this big question, why do bad things happen? We need to know what exactly are we asking when we say bad things? Why do bad things happen? What is it that we mean? We can't just generalize why do bad things happen we have to get specific. Well, one of the first things that I wanna to bring to your mind and to your thoughts is sometimes we follow that up, why do bad things happen to good people? It's that as followers of Christ, as people just, I think in the world in general, we realize we're not the best people. I read this quote this week from R.C. Sproul and it said this right here. It said, when we ask why do bad things happen to good people, we have to realize that only happened once. And his name was Jesus and he volunteered. Why do bad things happen to good people? He's like, no, that only happened once. His name was Jesus and he volunteered. There was only one perfect man, one perfect person that ever walked upon this earth. His name was Jesus. And yeah, something really bad happened to something really good. We looked at that on Easter Sunday. We celebrated that, that the perfect 
person took our place because of our sin, because of our mistakes. He stepped in our place. So a, a bad thing happening to a really good person only happened once. So what do we mean when we say that? Why do bad things happen? Well, I think there's a few different aspects that we think about or that we look about or that we look at whenever we ask that question. So the first one is this right here. When we're looking at that idea, why do bad things happen? What we're really asking is, God, why is there evil in the world? Why don't you do something about this? Why don't you stop this? God, why is there still evil in the world? And as we look at that question, we need to know this is not a new question. When we look at our time, we think, well, this has gotten really bad. Like this is a horrible time to live in and things just keep getting worse. But that's not actually the case. We're experiencing different kinds of evil in our world, but there were other people in history that experienced this kind of evil. And I want us to first look at the book of Habakkuk. May not be a place that you go to often, but it's in the Old Testament. Habakkuk chapter one, and we're gonna start reading at verse one. Now I'm guessing the majority of us have probably never sat down and just kind of flipped open our Bible to the book of Habakkuk. It's one of these smaller prophets. And this was someone that God had called, that had a purpose and a mission in his life to speak the word of the Lord to the people of God. He lived um, hundreds of years before the time of Christ. So this is what's known in the Bible kind of as the Old Testament. This was before the time of Christ. And Habakkuk looks at the world and he could be talking today. Listen to what he says, Habakkuk chapter one, verse one through four. How long, O God, will I call out for help and you don't hear? I cry out to you violence, yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look upon wickedness and see destruction and violence? They are always before me. Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore justice comes out perverted. Habakkuk could be writing a newspaper editorial for our day. God, I look around at the world around me and I cry out violence and I wonder why is this going on? And I look at all of this strife and contention. I look at racial tension. I look at prejudice. I look at the evil in the world around me and I wonder where is your justice at? You guys, this is in the Bible. This prophet, this man of God, this person that had been given the task by God to speak the word of the Lord, how does he begin this book that he's writing? He's saying, God, I'm looking all around me and all as I see is evil. God, why do you let evil prevail? Why does wickedness happen in the world around me? Why is this going on? And this question that we have, I think when we're asking, why do bad things happen? God, why are people murdered? Why does child slave labor happen? Why does sex trafficking happen? Why do people die of hunger? Like why, why is there evil? Why are there people that are taking advantage of other people? Why does sexual assault happen? Why do all of these things, God, why do you let this go on? Habakkuk, he's asking this exact same question. And this question has been here throughout history and throughout time. And I think there's something that we need to realize. Why do bad things happen? Well, it can be summed up in a famous author when a newspaper editorial put this out. Um, 
so I believe was in the 1800s, they asked this question, why, why does evil exist in the world? And this Christian author wrote back, because of me, yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. He said, do you wanna know why evil exists in the world? It's because of me, it's because of you, it's because of the sin and the disobedience in our own life. It can be so easy for us to shake our fists at the heavens and cry out, God, why do bad things happen? Why does evil exist in the world? Why does injustice take place? And we can look and try to come up with all of these reasons. Well, if the government had stricter policy, if we had gun control, if we had all of these things, if there were more legislation, right? If there was less hunger in the world, we can point our fingers at all of these things. But the true answer that, to that question that Habakkuk is wrestling with is it's an issue inside each and every one of us. The answer to evil in the world is because each of us have chosen to disobey God. There is a rebellion in our heart against the ways of God and against who God is. One of the writers in the New Testament in Romans chapter six, he summed it up like this. The wages of sin is death. When we disobey God, what is it that we expected? What is it that we thought we were actually going to, to read from that. I was listening to um, a Christian speaker and writer this week, and he told the story of being in a part of the world where war always happens. And he said, I heard the story of a dad that would walk his 12-year-old boy. He had for the past 12 years, ever since he was old enough to walk, so, so maybe the past 10 or 11 years, had walked him up a hill close to their house every single day, pointed to another group of people and said, your purpose in life is to wipe them out and to kill them. 12 years, day in, day out, your purpose, your mission in life is to wipe those people out and to kill them. Now we know there are parts in our world where racial tension is high, where because of religious or world beliefs that people have hatred and they actually enact physical violence on other individuals, all of that comes back to the evil that we find in our heart. People taking advantage of other people sexually, people oppressing and, and taking advantage of young kids. All of these things happen because of the evil in our heart, the evil in our own life. And once again, we can point the finger out there and we can say it's a systematic problem. It's a government problem. And it is in some ways. Maybe there are systems and there are laws that would alleviate that. But what I've come to realize is as long as there is a demand, there will always be the supply. As long as there's this desire in our heart, in our life to, to want evil, to desire wicked things, there's always going to be the supply. There's always going to be someone that's gonna supply what it is that we want. And so when we ask this large question, God, why is there evil? Why do you let this happen? Why does this continue on? We have to take responsibility for that. We can't look to the heavens and shake our fist at God. We have to look in our own hearts and our lives and say, God, first off, what do I do about the evil that I find in myself? In one of the books that I've been reading, um, it's called Christianity for People That Aren't Christians. And it, it's a very well-written book, kind of an apologetics explaining the Christian faith. 
um, the author talked in there and, and he had a quote from C.S. Lewis and I'll just paraphrase it. But what he said is when we ask the question or when we present the solution, if you will, to God, why is there evil in the world and God take care of the evil in the world? Wipe it out, God, annihilate it. Let it be gone. We're in essence asking God to wipe us out because the evil isn't out there, it's in here. The issue and the problem with evil in the world is that it, it lives inside of us and it dwells in us. It's part of our nature. We as children don't have to be taught how to do evil things. It's this natural bent, this natural direction. When we ask that question, why is there evil in the world? It's because we have chosen to disobey God. And God in his kindness brings a solution. Now we could pose the question of God, why is there evil in the world? Maybe don't destroy us, somehow just get rid of the evil. And that's not in God's nature because he is a God of love. And he has this beautiful thing where he gives you a choice and where he gives me a choice to follow and to walk after him. He gives us a choice to choose between right and wrong. He hasn't made us robots. He hasn't engineered us with this programming just to do what he wants us to do. He presents these options in front of us. That's the very nature of love and God is love is that we have a chance to choose. Now there's evil in the world because so many of us time and time again, we continue to choose a plan that is away from God's design, that is away from God's desire in our life. We choose to walk away. We choose to look at God and say, hey, I think I know better than you. I think I can do this better than you. I'm gonna choose my way. And once again, what Paul, this writer of the New Testament says in Romans chapter six, well, the wages of sin is death. When you live that kind of lifestyle, you're going to bring destruction. The first answer to that question, why is there evil in the world? It's because of me. It's because of you. It's because we choose to live our own way and we bring this death, we bring this destruction into the world. Jesus has provided the answer. He said, hey, I've given my life. God sent his son to the cross to make a way out. He is the answer to the evil in the world, but we have to accept him. I think another thing that we talk about and sometimes that our mind goes to when we talk about why is there, why do bad things happen is we think, well, why do natural disasters occur? God, why is there earthquakes that kill hundreds and sometimes even thousands? Why are there tsunamis? Why is there disaster? Why is there famine? Why is there plagues? Why COVID-19? Why does this take place in our world? Why do hundreds of, and thousands of people now, no, up into the tens of thousands of people die or, or they get sick? Why is all of this global um, pandemic taking place in our world? Why do these natural disasters occur? And once again, we see this in scripture. We see this in God's word. In Romans chapter eight, verse 22 and verse 23, this is what it says. Once again, Paul, this author of the New Testament is writing who wrote much of the New Testament. He says this, for we know that the whole creation, get that picture, all of God's creation, all of God's world has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Not only the creation, but we ourselves who have been the first fruits of the spirit, we groan inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption as sons 
and the redemption of our bodies. What is Paul saying here? Well, he's painting this picture. He's taking us back to the very first moments of God creating this world. And do you remember what God said? He looks at this, the waters, the mountains, the trees. He looks at everything that he's made. He even looks at us as humans, animals, all of these things. And he looks and he says, this is good. It's all working together. It's all working in harmony. What he created was good. It was a perfect world. And then as I just mentioned, we brought sin into the world. And sometimes we think of our sin as a break in our relationship with God or we may even see it harming others. Like when we make a bad decision, when we lie, when we break trust, when we do those things, it may hurt others. But not only did it hurt our relationship with God, not only did it hurt our relationship with others, it brought physical destruction into our natural world. It brought death and pain and suffering into our natural world. Why do bad things happen? Why do natural disasters occur? Once again, because our sin broke the physical world that God had created, what he had made good, what he had done, all of these things, our, our sin brought death and illness and sickness. And that's what Paul is talking about. He said all of these things like tsunamis and earthquakes, it's like the world itself is crying out. It's groaning like, like this creation itself is longing and crying out. God, this is not the way that it should be. That when earthquakes happen, when natural disasters, right? When famine happens, when plagues happen, when sickness, when we see people die, it's this reminder, it's this voice of God. It's, it's this calling to us. This is not the way the world was meant to be. This is not good. This is not the way that God designed it. It's this finger pointing back to God that this is not the way that he caused it all to happen. And even what Paul says, there's this groaning inwardly. It's this desire in us for redemption in our bodies. So let me tell you this, this week, um, I was up here at the church. I just couldn't handle being in my house anymore. No one else was up here. So I brought my kids and we were working upstairs in what used to be our next gen room up there. And we're doing some things and, and moving some wood around and you're kind of building these smaller walls for, for small office areas um, for our staff. And I bent down and I picked up um, this kind of this wall. It was these pieces of wood that we had um, screwed together. So I picked it up. And all of a sudden, the way that I had lifted with my back, my back just went out. Like immediately I felt it, oh, it hurt so bad. And I just went and sat down. And after a few minutes, I had to kind of tell the kids, hey, let's pack up. And Sarah was there, we packed up. And we went home and I spent like the next day and a half kind of just laying down as much as I could, heating pad, like taking um, some muscle relaxers, just trying to get the pain to go away. Thankfully, I'm good now. Our bodies themselves cry out. This is not the way that it was supposed to be. Sickness, cancer, illness, like our bodies breaking. This is not God's design. Our bodies themselves are longing for redemption. All of these things, disasters in our world, famine, plague, sickness, illness in our own lives and that we see kind of on a worldwide scale, all of these things are pointing back to God. This is not how he meant us to live. 
This is not what he designed us for. God meant something else in our world. And maybe these things are a reminder. Maybe they're to point us back to God of God. We've broken the world. This is not even death itself. This is not the way that you designed this kind of suffering and pain in our world for us to exist. Why do bad things happen? Why do natural disasters occur? We've broken the world around us. Now, let me clarify here, because even during this time, it, it, and my heart just breaks when I see these things of, of followers of Jesus and people that are called to pastor and minister and lead others, when they start to point their finger at certain groups and say, this is God's judgment on you, to certain individuals with specific sins, and, and they're saying, well, if you wouldn't have done this, then this would not have happened. And I think instead of just looking at one group of people or, or one specific sin, we need to look at all of our sin, the gossip, the lying, the betrayal that we have, the wrong attitudes, the pride, the arrogance that many of us carry in our lives. And we need to realize that it's not because of one specific sin that all of us have broken the world together that each of us bear this responsibility for the brokenness in the physical world around us, that not one group of people carry this, that this is not God's judgment against one certain people. This is that we have brought death and destruction and suffering into the world. And all of us carry that weight. And all of us carry that guilt. And all of us carry that shame. Now, thankfully, Paul says this in Romans 1, Thanks be to God who leads us in triumph. In Romans chapter seven, when I find myself not doing what I should be doing, thanks be to God who's brought victory inside of my life. And so there is hope. God says that in his word, that he's restoring and he's making all things new. What we celebrated last week with Easter and the resurrection, that eventually this entire world and the brokenness that we see around us will be restored and will be made new as God brings this part of the story to an end and we enter into eternity. All of this will be made new. Let me touch on one last aspect. Why do bad things happen? I think we're talking about evil in the world and we bear that responsibility. We brought that into the world. Jesus is the answer to that. Why do we see natural disasters? Well, once again, our sin has broken the physical world. And then this, sometimes we ask this question of God, why do you let bad things happen to us? Like why do things that I wanted to happen don't go my way? And sometimes we classify that in with the question, why do bad things happen? We're not talking about on a global scale. We're talking about specifically in my life, God. Why do bad things happen to us? Why did this happen to me, God? Why did this take place? And I think as we look at that, we need to once again look at that idea of what do we mean by bad things? Sometimes we hold God on the line or we put God on the line um, for bad things. When really, I believe God is working in our best interest. Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight says this, that the writer, the prophet Isaiah, he said this, God, your thoughts are not my thoughts. And neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God's reminding us as his people, hey, you don't think like me. And your ways are not my ways. You don't see things 
from my perspective. Sometimes we're once again in those moments of anguish like, God, this was so bad. This was so horrible. Why did you allow this to happen? And this is what we talked about last week of sometimes we need to know the story from God's perspective. We're seeing it from this moment. We're seeing it right here in this second, but that's not how God sees it. His thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. We see in moments and in days and sometimes in months and years, God sees in light of eternity. Sometimes we're saying this is a bad thing and there may be times where this is the best thing for our life. When not getting that promotion, in high school, you not getting that date or that person not texting you back that you were interested in or that you had a crush on, this could be the best thing for your life. This could be God protecting you from something that you didn't know or going down a path or experiencing some hurt that God did not want you to experience. Sometimes we say, God, this is so bad. Why is this happening to me? And I think maybe God's in heaven saying, you just don't see enough of the picture yet. You're gonna look back at a moment or maybe in light of eternity, we're gonna look back at this life and we're gonna to have to say thank you so many times. God, I wanted that and you said no and I thought it was a bad thing. I thought you were mad at me and you weren't. God, it was because you loved me. Reflecting on this idea right here, why do bad things happen to us? I thought about this. There are moments where I think God has to discipline us. There was a time, I think I was about six or seven years old, and um, we had very close family friends. I've talked about them before. Their names were the Parkers when we lived in Oklahoma. This amazing family that just loved on us and adopted us in, and they were my adopted grandparents. We would spend holidays there and Christmas. They made us a part of their family. And one day, Earlene, my adopted grandma, she gave me, I think it was like four gumballs that she had in her house. Um, and she's like, I got these at the store and I thought of you and Michael and um, my brother. And she's like, I want, want you guys to have these. So you take a few and then give a few to him. And while mom was getting a few things and we were getting ready to drive back home, I took all the gumballs. I don't know how I did this. And I shoved them in my mouth and I started chewing them. And when we got home, mom looked at me and she said, hey, you need to give Michael some of the gumballs. And I start looking around like, oh man, what do I say? What do I do? Because I had eaten all of them. I had been selfish and I had wanted them for myself. And so I had to fess up, right? I probably tried to lie, but eventually mom got me there. Like I fessed up and I got spanked for it. Now, if you would have sat down with seven-year-old Aaron and said, describe today, I would have said, this day was horrible. <laughs> like this was the worst day of my life. I just wanted something good and then I messed up and then I got in trouble for it and this isn't fair. It wasn't my fault. The gumballs were there. She gave them to me after all. If you had talked to seven-year-old Aaron, he would have said, this is bad. This is horrible. Why, why did this happen? Why did this take place? If you talked to 42-year-old Aaron, he would say that was an amazing day. And here's why. Because as a 42-year-old adult and now a parent of kids of my own, I realized this, that my mom loved me, that there are parents out there who don't love their kids enough to correct them. And my mom thought enough of me to sit me down and say, hey, that's not right. You can't live a selfish life. You've got to learn to be generous. You've got to learn to think of others and put others before you. 
she taught me in that day, and not only that day, but my dad as well, they taught me every time I would get corrected that conversation of, do you realize your sin hurts you and your sin hurts other people? And they brought those reminders into my life. Now, six and seven-year-old Aaron cried, this is horrible, God, this is a bad day. And now 42-year-old Aaron looks back and says, man, those were some of the best days. Do you know why? Because mom and dad loved me and they cared about me enough to teach me what was right. And it wasn't easy and it wasn't pleasant for them, but they did that. How many times do we pinpoint things in our lives and we say, God, this is bad. And yet as we look back over the course of our life and maybe even as we get into eternity and we look back, we're gonna have to say, God, I'm sorry. Because what I thought was bad was really you working for my good. And there's another verse that talks about that, Romans chapter eight, verse 28. And for we know for those who love God, all things work together for good. It doesn't mean all things are good, okay? It doesn't mean you sinning is good. It doesn't mean the natural disaster is good. It doesn't mean the evil in our world is good. But somehow God can take those things, even the difficult moments in our life, and he can work them together for our good. For our good, to bring good about, because we're called according to his purpose. So sometimes you're gonna make stupid decisions and you're gonna think, God, let me out of this. Lord, let me get out of this. And God's gonna bring correction in your life and God's gonna bring discipline. And there may be moments where you think, this is really bad, this is really hard. But I'm telling you, in light of eternity, we're gonna look back and say, God, you loved me enough to correct me. It's just like a little kid touching a hot stove and their hand being in pain. And it's that immediate reminder, don't do that. That's gonna hurt. It's gonna bring destruction. It's gonna bring death. Why do bad things happen? I think sometimes what we call bad things, it's God correcting us and disciplining us and showing us, hey, that's gonna destroy your life. That's gonna destroy others. There are some natural consequences to the bad decisions that we make. And just because we're followers of God doesn't get us out of all of those natural consequences. You can be a follower of Christ. And if you jump off of a large building, gravity is gonna take hold of your life and you're gonna injure yourself or kill yourself. That's a natural consequence. I think there are things in our life that are there that God is saying, don't do that. It's gonna hurt you. And we at times may, may wanna point a finger at God. Why are you letting these bad things happen? And it's God calling us. Of, That's gonna bring sin and destruction and death in your life. Don't do that. It's gonna hurt you and it's gonna hurt others. I know there are so many more aspects to this question. Why do bad things happen? And there's some amazing resources um, that are out there. I, I've mentioned a few of them and we can, we can post those on our social media this week to allow you some of those other resources and to look at how you can explore this, this issue further. But I just wanna bring us back to a few of these thoughts that I don't believe God is causing what we see in the world around us, although many times it's easy for us to blame him. And it's easy for us to blame the government or other systems that we see out there. And yes, there may be work that we can do in the area of government laws and systems, but I think the first place that we need to look is inside of our own heart. God, am I trying to place the blame out there? And I've not 
God taking responsibility for my part of this. And there may be those of you that are listening to this and it's easy to blame someone else and you've not come to God and said, God, I need to be honest about the sin in my own life and in my own heart. And God, what's going on inside of me? Because I think as we start to work in our own life that we can affect those around us. There was a quote that I read once and I I can't place who the author was, but he said, whenever I was young, I, I thought I would change the world. And he said, as I got a little bit older, I decided just to change my region, my state that I was in. And then when I realized that was too big of a task, I focused on my city. And then I was, as I was in my older years, I realized maybe just my family, if I could make a difference in my family. And then before I died, I realized the change needs to happen in me. He said, because if I would have started just by looking at God, how can I change myself? What needs to happen in me? Then I would have been a different person to lead my family. And if my family was different, they could have affected my city. And if my city was being changed, maybe my region or my state would be altered. And then ultimately, maybe the world would look a little bit different because of my life. It starts inside of each and every one of us. Why do bad things happen? Well, it's because of the sin in our life. And then some of the things that we consider bad may not be bad. It may be God reminding us this is not the way the world was meant to be. Don't walk down that path of sin and destruction. And so I'm going to ask you whether you're in a group of people or whether you're by yourself, maybe take a moment and close your eyes and reflect on what we've just talked about. This question that we're asking, why do bad things happen? And maybe here this morning, you're realizing that you need to be honest with God. God, there's some sin in my life that I've not taken care of. And if you're here and you don't have that relationship with God or you've walked away from that relationship with God, you're allowing sin to bring destruction in your life and through your life to others. The Bible says we can't fix ourselves on our own. And the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus came and he made the way for us. And he's inviting you into a relationship, inviting you into a brand new start. So I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And I wanna encourage everyone, whether you're praying it for the first time, whether you've said this before, let's pray this together. Jesus, I come before you and I realize I have sinned. I realize the evil in the world and the destruction in the world are partly my fault. And I need your forgiveness. I'm asking you for a brand new start. So I invite you into my life. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, we are excited for you. If you made that prayer and if you prayed that for the first time or you're recommitting your life, the Bible says that Jesus has come into your heart, that he's making a difference, that this is a turning point. This is a brand new start for you. And we're excited for what God is doing. Now, for the rest of us, I want us to respond in two ways. And this is what we're going to do is, um, as I mentioned, there are some resources. We're going to post these scriptures on our social media this week. We'll do that um, tomorrow on Monday. And I want you to just take some time and reflect on this. 
Why do bad things happen? Reflect maybe on our responsibility on that. Maybe on what we see on a worldwide scale of, of God reminding us this is not the way that the world should be. Maybe we need to take a moment and go back and reflect on some of the wrong things or the wrong moments that we thought, God, you've done something bad and it was really God bringing some discipline and some correction, saying, my daughter, my son, don't go that way. That's gonna hurt you. And we need to reflect on those and maybe see those bad things differently as God, that was you bringing some discipline in my life and some correction that I desperately needed. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Take a moment and reflect on a scripture that reminds you that God is in control and he is for you. Share with him any questions that you have, no matter how big or small they may seem. Here at NCC, we are all about making people and places new, and we want to know how we can help you grow in your faith. Connect with us online at newcommunity.co. We would love to hear from you.